all down. There's no burn it all down. Anyway, <laughs> burn it all down. I hate this. F everything and everyone in it. Everything is awful. Everything sucks when you're in quarantine. Everything is awful. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's good. I would download that. Uh, that was pretty dope. I like it. So, um, Everything is off. <laughs> Honestly, can you make a song? Because I, I want to be able to sing it. Everything is off. Freaking quarantine sucks. I will oh, write man. it just for you, darling. I sure will. Thank you. It's going to be a hit because I'd sing that just every day. Every day. Welcome to Bay Street. That's terrible. <clears throat> so fast. Welcome to Bishop. <laughs> totally. Sorry, now I'm all self-conscious. <laughs> you want me to kick it off? Sure. All right. Welcome to Bay Street, the podcast with color, reminding you that you are human and that's okay. No apologies needed. I am Seven Murray. And I am Bespoked. And here we discuss life from our unique perspectives and our struggles of adulting. Speaking of adulting, how's it going over there, Seven? Well, my adult life is doing pretty well after a good weekend, fun weekend with some family and friends. And yeah, mentally good, emotionally good, physically getting fat. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I haven't worked out in so long. And I keep eating donuts because the neighbor keeps, they, the neighbor brought like a dozen of dozen Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, oh, I thought they were, I thought you were about to say they were homemade. I was about to be like, no way. Yeah, it doesn't really matter for me. I'll eat a donut. I'll just run a train on some donuts. That's ratchet. Whatever. Put it in there for like 10 seconds in the microwave and go to town. Anyways, so I've been eating a couple of those. Uh, thank God uh, my brother-in-law threw that away. There was like four more left and I was like, ooh. And he tossed it. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for saving my fat belly. Yeah, other than that, I'm doing doing pretty great. How about you? I'm good. Um, I'm thankful that I'm thankful for a new week because I had to dub last week the lost week because I literally don't remember. Well, I remember what happened. It was just a really rough adulting week. It was a rough emotional week. It was a it was a rough physical week. I have a pretty severe um, dairy and gluten intolerance, and I, you know, just decided I didn't one day. Thought I was like regular kids and just ate all this really beautiful food that my sister-in-law cooked. I mean, let me tell you, if you could just, des- if you could describe love in food, it would be everything she made that day. It was wonderful. And I just ate like I could eat that food and I paid for it for an entire week. And if the, the, way, the way like gluten affects me, um, gluten and dairy affects me as they don't, I don't have that like sudden onset of like, you know, situations the way a lot of people do. Sometimes I do, especially depending on what kind of gluten it is. I like immediately break out, not kind of gluten, but kind of bread product it is. 
I like immediately break out in a skin rash or something. It's like, eh, so what? You itch for a couple of days, no big deal. So when I started to see the rash on my foot, I was like, eh, you know, small price to pay for such a lovely meal. And then Wednesday came and my adrenal glands shut down and my ability to focus and function literally went with it. On top of the fact that Tuesday I had gone for a hike in the woods, um, completely forgetting that I am very allergic to Georgia and (laughs) The um, the entire state. And by Tuesday night, I couldn't breathe. The pollen had completely attacked my lungs. I woke up Wednesday thinking that I caught COVID because my lung, my I just was, could not breathe. It was awful. Um, and uh, by the time Thursday got here, I was completely done. My nephews, bless their cute little heart, showed up and they needed Auntie to be in full form and function and she wasn't. <laughs> so Friday, Saturday, Sunday were basically, no, Friday, Saturday were like fogs. I took two Benadryl. I think I took a f- total of four Benadryl on Friday. So I don't remember Friday at all. Um, I do remember my, my youngest nephew falling asleep with me for a minute, which was a totally special moment because he spends most of his little two-year-old life going, no, Mm-mm, to me. So <laughs> the fact that he crawled up in my lap and went to sleep with me on Friday was like a miracle. It was the only thing I remember. Um, we left the six-year-old to just watch whatever Disney Plus provided. Praise God for Disney Plus. <laughs> I've never been so happy for a streaming service in my life. Um, and then Saturday, we we had dinner with my brother again. But this time, they made food I could eat. And I had to be real careful because I was still in recovery mode. And then Sunday, I had an anxiety attack and a bit of a breakdown. And then we recovered. So, And then the babies went home. So the house was quiet um and then and then I really recovered Mm -hmm. exactly so it was it was basically like Sunday was just the culmination of all the stresses of all the days leading up to Sunday um because even though I don't have like a regular nine to five job that I go to right now because who does right um (laughs) a lot of people so. <laughs> I know a lot. I know a lot of people still do, but everything is all the traditional ways of working right now are just whatever. Um, but I still do a lot of work with my um, with my community back in California, doing recordings and and things for for you know video productions that are happening online. And I did some work for a church here in um, in Georgia, so writing, filming, all that different stuff. I was like busy doing all last week. Um, so Sunday, which was supposed to be like the day of rejoicing, he is risen, he was risen indeed, he is risen indeed. I was having a breakdown on my mom's couch. So <laughs> happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter, everybody. Yay. This is real life adulting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh I think it was good because it allowed me an opportunity to really like process your feelings, talk out how you're doing. And my mom, bless her heart, she even said, just have a good cry. And I said, okay. <laughs> just have a good cry. <laughs> so I, I took her up on that offer and had a good cry. Um, but afterwards, you know, I felt, okay, I'm better. I can breathe. I, I recognize that I just have terrible allergies and can't just be outside in the spring in Georgia right now. That's fine. Um, you know, everything is going to be okay. You're, you're, you're not dying. Um, you're not a terrible adult because you have no idea what in the world to do right now. Nobody does. Everything is fine. So, um, I spent yesterday just kind of recovering from the last week 
and it was a good day. So I'm great. That's today. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad. I just want to touch real quick back on the digestive issue topic. Uh, so I, I'm sensitive to gluten as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like donuts. Mm. Um, it's my soft spot. <laughs> um, childhood memories actually attached to donuts, which is why I like it so much. Specifically Dunkin' Donuts, that type of food, uh, apparently, is that I, I fart a lot. And Wait, sorry. Well, actually, sorry. I take it back. Say all that again. What? Here's what happens. When I eat bread, it just bloats my stomach. Okay. It, like, I look pregnant with triplets. <laughs> and so what ended up happening is that I actually couldn't fart. <laughs> this is on Saturday. And as you know, I had, I had a date. so let me tell you get you get you a significant other that will help you create air pockets in your anal cavity um okay i don't even know what to do with this all right what you do for babies when they're struggling so she helped me fart and that's when i knew (laughs) all right i don't really know um (laughs) So, so I have to ask, like, how did that whole process work? Do I want to know? Should we talk about this on this podcast? Well, I don't even know. I was, I was telling her, I was like, man, my stomach hurts really bad. Like to the point where I was getting sharp pains. I can't enjoy myself because I look, I'm like, man, I'm in pain. And we were just talking about it. And uh, it turns out that we're both farters. Um, I don't mind letting it out. It's better than keeping it in, you know, the whole Shrek thing. Better and, out than um, in. and she was like, here, let me help you lie on your back. And I'm like, what are you trying to do? No. Uh, she's like, look, let me help you. I have kids. Let me help you. So I was like, all right, trusted her. And she did this whole, like, grab my feet and push my knees towards like the sides of my body and did all the stuff, rode my stomach. I don't know, in a particular way or push it. I don't even know. Um, it was just really funny for about a good 10 minutes. She was helping my stomach create air pockets or whatever, not my stomach in my anal cavity. Turns out 10 minutes later, it was like, and I'm like, you did it. It's coming. So uh, I really like this girl. (laughs) I wish the audience could see my face right now because I'm looking at my face and I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's the truth, though. It's part of adulting. Look, we're old enough. It is. You're right. right. It is part of adulting. It's not the same old, like teenage or even like early 20s when you have to like impress everybody and be all perfectly pristine and whatever look we're 30s we're in our 30s nobody's pristine at this rate (laughs) she has three boys you know whatever it is what it is and the fact that we can actually be that comfortable around each other like the awkwardness and she's super weird i love that she's weird it's makes the whole situation easier that we're that comfortable i was a little nervous i was like uh you want me to fart because you ain't got to ask me twice because it will come out. I am not going to hold it in if you're trying to force it out of me. And well, it turns out I didn't. If my mom heard this, she'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Did I not raise you right? My mom is going to be so pissed off. When, when my mom it. hears this, she's going to wonder what's wrong with you. My brother will probably laugh because he's he's hilarious. And he's a, good, he's a good. big I like him already. Yeah, my brother's good. the best. My big brother. Great guy. I really like him. Um, but I'm wondering what's wrong with you. So... Whatever, I found another weirdo. Whatever. I'm really happy for you. Um Thank this you. is this is not that I'm what we're talking about in this episode. It is not. I just thought I'd bring up the digestive I'm issue really glad. for the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. My stomach hurt. And if like I'm 
the whole thing was like for future reference, if your stomach hurt, you know, do that whole process, you know, creating air pockets in your in your anal cavity. Part of it is that I really just wanted to say that air pockets in your anal cavity. I kind of figured that you were enjoying saying that. Because it sounds funny. Say it. No. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> air pockets in your anal cavity. So today we are discussing um, a couple of things. We're talking about stability. We're talking about predictability. We're talking about life and what happens when our normal disrupted. And the question that I'm pretty sure everyone in the collective world is wondering, is 2020 canceled? The short answer is yes. Uh, I have officially or unofficially named it 2019 part two. But yeah, uh, I think it's canceled. You know, I thought Easter was canceled. I honestly forgot this past weekend was Easter. So there's that. Talk to me more about this. Why do you, why do you in your personal opinion feel like 2020 is canceled or AKA 2019 part two? <laughs> we'll see. No, 2020 is canceled. 2019 part two is what's oh, happening. Yes. Sorry. Now. I said that. I said right. that wrong, but you, you're, no, you're tracking with it's me. Fine. I caught you. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> 2020 is canceled because everything else in it is canceled. Literally everything else in it is canceled. And I was, I think we were talking last time about how holidays, like what's that going to look like if we can't be near each other, especially when uh, the Rona comes back for what, late fall, early winter, or whatever it is, when people start getting sick again, that's going to come back. So what happens to Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and we doing all this stuff over digital meals for Thanksgiving? You know what I mean? Like, is that, is it, what is that going to look like? Has anybody even thought of that? So. I actually really hope that um, Halloween is not canceled this year because it would be the first Halloween that I actually get to hang out with my niece and my nephews. Um, and and new niece or nephew might be here by then. And so I was really looking forward to baby costumes and little kid costumes. And I think this year I was really, really like thinking about wearing like a dope costume. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but I've been thinking about what it could be. Um, and so the fact, the idea that I might not get to do that with my babies is like really sad, but I've never worn a Halloween costume. I've never actually really celebrated Halloween. Me either, actually. But, um, I think it's different when you have kids because then it, it's, it gets to be just like a fun holiday where you dress up and get candy. That's true. I actually, this past year, 2019 part one, um, actually spent Halloween with my best friend, uh, in Texas and his kids got all dressed up and his little girl Bella is super, super cute. She was probably Elsa from Frozen. Bro, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't know that. I haven't seen it. Um, Your life isn't complete. Uh, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty broken. But anyways, um, <laughs> I lied. Um, anyway, so I just kind of hung out with them and walked them around and she got tired after like two houses because she's two or three. three. Um, she looked really cute and all the houses really cool. Hung out with my best friend. It was so it was fun. So if that's an adult Halloween, then all right, <laughs> it is what it is. Stole a lot of kids candy, so that's great. Actually, I know what I was going to be this year. I think me and my niece were both going to be cats because I was a cat a couple of years ago, and um, I went over to see her a while ago, and I wore my cat ears because she loved cat. She loves cats, and uh, that my my cat ears are like punk rock cat ears. <laughs> they have like the chain on it, and they're all studded. They're super <laughs> cool. And as soon as I walked in, the first thing she did was take my cat ears, and I was like, "Get your own kid. <laughs> get your own kid, <laughs> or I can get you some, and we can be we can be punk rock kitties for um for Halloween." So I think that's what we were gonna do this year. Um. I guess an alternative to that would be if we just got dressed up and sat in each other's house. 
you know, without the door to door thing. Or I don't know how you would do a social distance Halloween. How Probably the same way that they do delivery. So kids would still dress up and they would be with their parents and everybody would be six feet apart visiting the houses. And then there's probably a bowl at the house. Just drop the, well, see, then it's. Then everybody comes and steals the candy. What, then whatever. Then wear gloves and whatever. Everybody be Mickey Mouse. Everybody just wear masks and gloves. So then everybody, you know what? That's actually a, probably a terrible idea for Halloween. Mickey Mouse? No, I mean. (laughs) Michael Jackson, you can have one glove. Sparkly. (laughs) What I mean is. um... (laughs) That's that's uncanny. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is. um, give. Okay, so this, I'm going to take, I'm going to swing this serious for just one second. Um, Because of, because of this whole need to wear masks and everything right now, the mayor of Atlanta requested that the governor of Georgia lift this order that has been around for many, many years, banning people from wearing masks in public. And the reason it was instituted is because um, the KKK, you know, once ruled the South and once the KKK were quote unquote banished, they put in this order banning people from wearing masks in public to help make it easier for them to control, you know, um, people and their Ku Klux Klan antics. Um, so I was thinking like, mm, I, if, if, if we're saying that, you know, medical masks, if we, if we need to rescind that order so people can wear medical masks outside, then I think we have another problem. But I was just kind of nervous about mm, maybe we should keep that one in place just to keep people from taking the liberty of being too ridiculous and reckless with their mask wearing. So that's just, that's just what made me think about, you know, Halloween. Since people are, I mean, and it's like the one time of year where people do put on, ridic- you know, random masks and stuff like that. My concern is that this year, <laughs> with everyone wearing masks anyway, it could get like out of control. But I could just be, you know, thinking way too much into that one. Well, hopefully it doesn't get that far, but at the same time, everybody's been cooped inside for a really long time and have had to life that way. Mm-hmm. And so by the time Halloween rolls around and if there is an opportunity to get out and be ridic- ridiculous uh, with masks, then that's probably what's going to happen. You know, where we could just replay the purge and see what happens. <laughs> Listen. No, no takers. Okay. No, that's not at fun. all. I couldn't even watch that movie either. Any what? of them. Mm-mm. Why? Mm-mm. No, I'm like, you know, I, I get enough, I get enough ridiculous drama like this of people in real life. I don't really want to watch this for, 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 for pleasure or leisure time. I think people do enough horrible things in regular life. I don't need to watch this on TV for fun. So do you not watch anything on TV then? <laughs> I watch a lot of news, honestly. And I watch a lot of movies. Well, and... see, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I mean, I watch the news. I don't need to watch The Purge. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this definition of normal and predictability and why we need it. What's that about? How did we land on that as a topic uh, as part of 2020 uh, is canceled? We got onto that and in how 2020 is canceled because of how the year is structured in planning, planning out months in advance, like sports seasons planned months in advance, all these events and stuff planned months in advance. And now that those things are thrown into question or being canceled, how do we track where we are and what's happening? Like there's no normal schedule anymore. Things are kind of upended. The year is thrown into question. And so we're used to the reason, the reason we're even feeling like 2020 is canceled is because all of our stability and predictability of things, our normal is disrupted. So that's why it feels like this year is canceled. Mm. I see. Um, well, I, I think that the 
need for stability is a, in my opinion, the need for stability is a misinterpretation of social norms. And I know that people can have many opinions on what a social norm is. And I think the idea is to define what social norms are. I think that's where, that's kind of where I started with that. And uh, essentially a social norm is just a a collective representation uh, of acceptable group conduct. Um, And I think that I guess if you think more on that, then how can how can stability be a misinterpretation of social norms then if it if that's what the definition of a social norm is? Um, I think that we've all been disrupted, um, but I don't think that it's a bad thing mm-hmm. that whatever our normal was has been disrupted. Again, I think the whole idea of stability is a constraint. it's a it's a it's a it's a boundary, um, essentially, because uh, if you really think about it, then stability can be unhealthy. Unless it's unless it's a characteristic of a relationship, like if you have a father that's in your life constantly, or a father figure, or a mother, or whatever, and they're constantly showing proof of that stability by continuing to show up for you and blah blah blah, then I think it's healthy in relationships. But in terms of social normalcy, I think it's a delusion to want or need uh, or think that you can only survive when your environment is stable. I have a different take on that. So I had this discussion with my mom today after reading an article that a friend of mine posted on a um, WhatsApp chat that we're all a part of a whole bunch of us creatives. And um, I was telling them that I feel like a weirdo right now because while everyone seems to be using this time, you know, in the creative realm to like create things and post on social media and do all these different things, I have actually been intentionally quiet and hiding a lot right now. Um, And I feel like for me, I'm actually really struggling in this space because I am a creature that needs stability. I need normal. I need predictable Um, because I actually am not like in my head, my, my world in my head is chaos. It's um, I, I would like to classify myself as an amoeba that without a Petri dish would just spread all over the place and be chaos. (laughs) So for me, I need the boundaries of normal and predictability so that the chaos that is me functions in a, in a productive way. I like to think, I I feel like, I feel like my natural essence, I'll, I'll put it like that, is like, this is great. Your fire is beautiful in this fireplace. Outside of this fireplace, when it's on the curtains, it's not great. So I need this, I need the boundaries of a, of a stable um, schedule. I need this, I need the boundaries of a stable, you know, situation. I think one of the reasons I'm super glad that I ended up, you know, needing to leave California and coming home. And, you know, now I'm staying, I live with my parents every day for the most part of my life, particularly for the last hmm, six months before I moved home. But if I'm honest, the whole five years I was in California, my whole life was this like uncertain bubble that was, it could pop at any moment. And um, what happens to me when things are unstable like that, I go into survival mode, which, which caps my creativity. So for me, knowing that I'm getting up at this time to be at this place at this time, to be there for this amount of time, to be done at this time, to be, you know, have, have this space where, where anything is possible. I think your argument just collapsed on itself. Well, what do you mean? Well, because what you're describing in the beginning um, is illusory. It's an illusion. You just created an illusion for yourself. 
Um, I need that illusion is what I'm saying. But the, st- but the stability, if you think about it, uh, if you dig a little bit deeper, stability is a continuance without change. So in essence, it's permanence, right? And anybody that's a creative in any way that they can't manage, they can't, if they manage that, they can't be creative because you can't be creative on a plateau. There's nothing to be creative with. What I'm saying though, is because my mind is this ever changing, flipping thing where there's always something happening. There's always, you know, the space is always changing. And if I want to change my environment, like I was telling my mom today, one of the reasons I'm having such a hard time with this lockdown is because I'm stuck in the house. Um, I like knowing that the stability of you have a home to come to is there. If I didn't have that, because for me in California, um, because it's so difficult to live there, the housing crisis, there is a real thing. For me, housing, knowing you have a stable, safe house to go home to was always in question. That lack of stability was a huge hindrance to my creativity because it kept me in this level of survival mode to a degree. Thankfully, I had a lot of opportunities to push out of that. I had a lot of external um, forces from from my community that was super helpful in keeping me focused. Like, I know that's a, I know that's a stressful situation, but we have this project to track to, so let's let's just focus on this. Um, so, what I mean to the level of stability is, I'm so thankful that I have this home that I know is going to be here. No one's going to take it away. My parents aren't going to change the locks and lock me out. They're not going to be like, you didn't pay rent this month. Get out. I know this is here. The problem now that I have is because we can't go anywhere, I'm confined to this one space. That to me is no longer stability. It feels like captivity, which is another hindrance to my creativity that I'm in the process now of trying to like work out. Does that make sense? Hey there. Do you have something to say? Something you're passionate about that you want everyone to hear? Well, then it's time for you to start your own podcast, and Anchor is here to help. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's easy, and it's everything you need to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We look forward to hearing what you have to say. So sign up with Anchor for free today. And now, let's get back to Bay Street. I still think that the the labels that you keep attaching to these illusions are just that. You're you're allowing these these labels to hinder you when that's not really what's happening. I think that in each situation, regardless of stability or chaos, you have to still be able to pull and dig for something to be creative about. Like when um, I think it was like a year and a half ago, maybe when I first got to the Bay Area in at the end of August or mid-August, I was homeless. And and I think in a period of maybe eight or nine months, I was probably the most creative. The most creative because I'm like, this is this is it. This is this is down for me. I'm at the bottom here. So um in the midst of that particular chaos, because there was no stability whatsoever in any in any way, shape, or form, because I ended up getting laid off because they ran out of work after nine months. Um, the more stable that I am, or the more it feels like a plateau, like an even surface, the less creative I am. There's nowhere to pull from. And I think that's, again, that's also, I think that's also an illusion, if you really think about it. Again, I think in these situations, yeah, it may feel like island fever a little bit, but there's ways to pull from something, from an experience, from any experience, like pulling from details instead. It's almost like writer's block. 
right? If you have writer's block, at least it, what I try to do is find a detail and pull from that instead. I really zoom into something and then pull back from that and then zoom out. But at least that's, that's, that's my frame of, of thought. But that's your frame of thought. Right. That's very specific to you and probably people who are similar to you. But there are also people like me that need to know that the ground isn't going to fall when I jump. If I know the ground isn't going to fall when I jump on it, my intensity to jump higher is going to be, you know, that much more present. Like I'll put more force into jumping on this ground if I know that when I jump on it, it's not going to collapse under my feet, which means my capacity to do more, think more, dream more, do more with my creativity is maximized by the fact that I know there's some stability here versus this ground looks a bit rickety. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen if I jump on it. I'm going to jump on it, but I may not put as much force into jumping on this ground because I don't feel like it can actually hold my weight. So I'll, I'll do something there, but not to the, not to the level that I think I could produce if I knew mm-hmm. or had a little bit more faith in this ground. Does that make more sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And like again, like you said before, like that's this is my opinion because of based on my experiences, that doesn't sound it's just not realistic to me because I've never had anything that's stable. You know what I mean? So in my cognitive experience, like stability doesn't I can't compute stability because I don't even know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it feels like. I have from from jump, I don't know what that feels like. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't I can't think of a year. Maybe maybe the two years that I was living in the same place for high school my junior and senior year, that was probably the most stable that I felt in my whole entire life. And I'll be 37 in June. That's saying a lot. Two years out of 37. That's nuts. I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying, but I I can't relate to, I can't relate to that experience because I haven't had that. Mm -hmm. But I do understand where you're coming from. So, and I get it because that would be nice. Stability in that aspect would be nice to be able to jump full force off of. But in my case, it's a you know, I'm trying to find some balance with whatever I got, all the crumbs. And see, I think I think there's a there's a there's a beautiful view in both sides, right? Um, Absolutely. So, for instance, someone from my perspective who is used to things, to, who is used to a schedule, a plan, and the reason I need that and I, I need those boundaries is because I can so easily get off track without them. Like, I need to know that as soon as I wake up in the morning, if my alarm goes off at seven. And there's not something for me to be up for. Like there's something happening right at seven. I can't just be up, just be up looking around. Like mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired anyway. There's nothing, um, there's no boundary <laughs> that I'm tracking to. I'm going to go back to sleep. Next thing you know, it's noon and I haven't accomplished anything because there wasn't this thing that I was actually like held to. I need that kind of boundary. As a, as a creative, I'm, I'm, if, if I was just like born and dropped on the side of a road, you know, I'd probably end up being like a, a an amoeba hippie who just like went with the flow of life and all these different things and, you know, whatever. But because I um, ended up <laughs> needing to figure out a way to like function productively in the world, I have trained myself to track to deadlines. So in my project management profession, in my creative endeavors outside of that, I always ask, what is the deadline? Because I need something to track to. That's that that stability, that fixed mark of reference. I need that fixed point of reference to track to because I will bounce all over the place and I will get lost out there in the universe if I don't have some fixed point of reference to come back to. And that's what I'm saying. I, that, that, that's what I define as stability and normal. 
And I think that's an interesting commonality that we both have in terms of profession as, as we were both project managers, we were both in, in architecture. Um, and I think that's funny because I do really, really well. I thrive on deadlines. Like give me a deadline. I don't care if it's unreasonable or not. I'm going to do the best that I can to get there yep. because it's going to, it's going to fire me up more. I, again, I yep. thrive on those deadlines because I need to get things done. I can't just be aloof with tasks because then I'm just like, well, I don't know what to do with them. They're still up in the air. So I, I it's funny that we have that commonality coming from two different experiences, mm-hmm. life experiences. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, Brittany. Good stuff, Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love our conversations. I know. I, I think it's really interesting because especially knowing how you, someone who is like, I've never had stable, so I don't really get what the fuss is all about. And me being like, I don't like this. Where is the stable? Where is the normal? Where is the fixed point? Um, what happens to this? Like, I'll give you a great example. Um, I work with a group and it's so funny. Like if they ever listen to this episode of the podcast and be like, seriously, Brittany, but I work, <laughs> I work with this group of poets in California and uh, every year we do, a, a, uh, we put on a show called the seven last words and we do poetry, uh, around the seven last words of Jesus. And I always, my first question, and I'm part of the planning team for this whole group. And one of my first questions every year is what's the date. And we find, we, we put the date on the calendar for when it's due. We give ourselves benchmarks for when we're actually supposed to have things done. And I do my very, very, very best to track to those benchmarks. And I take it very seriously because I know that if I don't track to that benchmark, it'll be like the week of the show. And I'll be like, okay, here's my piece. (laughs) Thankfully, one one of my superpowers that I'm super grateful that God blessed me with is the ability to memorize things very quickly. But the level of stress that that puts on me is like unnecessary. So I try not to put myself in that position. However, this year, I was supposed to fly back to California for this show. This whole shutdown thing happened. And they're like, we're going to postpone the show. My piece wasn't done. But I needed that fixed point in time. Because in my mind, I'm thinking the show is this date. It will for sure for me be done two weeks before. So I have two full weeks to memorize, be ready for the performance. No big deal. Mm -hmm. The moment that fixed point in time came into question, all of my planning around that framework crumbled. Did that piece get done? No. Is it still in process? Yes. How long will it stay in process? Probably until next year when we actually do the show. <laughs> because because that's my deadline. So you have a deadline. And so I need those, I need the stability <laughs> of, I know that I'm going to get this done at this fixed time. But because my brain and my life is just like this floating piece of endless possibility, the the um the roads to finished, there's so many roads to finished that without that deadline, I can't choose one. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And that's just the way my 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 life works. Um and I've I had I have to like really buckle myself down a lot and rein myself in, like, listen, bespoke it. You need to focus. <laughs> This conversation happens between me, Bespoke, and Shanae all the time. You need to focus. I am. No, you're not. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary place in here. Um, <laughs> but what I, what, I, what I mean for me, like the reason I think 2020 <laughs> is canceled is because the benchmarks that we track to are all up in the air. We track, we, we track by seasons, right? Um, 
We know in the spring there's going to be March Madness, and then you know soccer's coming back. And gosh, you know what? What do we? What, the Olympics is supposed to be here in the summer. Like we track to these different big events that are happening. Some some events I was tracking to is, I was training with a friend of mine to run a half marathon in April this month. That is now on hold. How many miles have I run in the last three weeks? Three. <laughs> More than me. <laughs> and I, I, just, I ran upstairs a couple of times. <laughs> and I, I, I ran those miles. Um, I ran those miles yesterday, by the way, because I was just like, I can't stay in the house anymore. And then um, because of the pollen and the heat, I just had a terrible like asthma situation come upon me. I haven't, let me just put this out there. I have been gone from the state of Georgia for seven years. Um, I was diagnosed with asthma, with athletic asthma when I was a kid, but I haven't needed an inhaler since I left the state like seven years ago. Mm, no, that's not true. When I got to Colorado because of the altitude, I needed it. But once I, once my lungs adjusted to the altitude and I learned how to like work out up there and how to breathe and all that jazz, I was fine. Five years of living in California, don't even know where my inhaler is. Two months of being back in Georgia, I'm like, where is my inhaler? <laughs> I cannot <laughs> breathe here in the spring. I'm really terrified about what my lung capacity is going to be in the summer, which is kind of crazy. But um, so, yeah, I, I said all that. Like, I think 2020 is canceled because all the things that we are used to tracking to are now these ambiguous things. We don't know what's happening with these holidays. We don't know how to track the spread of this virus and they're not testing anyone. So they can't tell like when people are going back to work, like everything is an unknown. And to me, when there are too many unknowns, that to me triggers a shutdown in my mind. Too many un unknowns equals no productivity for Bruni. I mean, I can understand that. I can understand that. I think uh, that's why I haven't, well, it's one of the, it's my excuse as at least that I haven't started um, the book that I want to write um, even when everything's all planned out in terms of project management, it's all, it's all planned out and it's all written on my board and everything. And I still haven't done that because I can't seem to commit when I don't know if I can finish it. And like I said before, that's an excuse right now. I'm just going to stand by it. <laughs> um, it's just because I can, cause it's really hard to start something. But, um, again, I, I think, I don't know, even, even thinking about stability in its definition seems like a like a meta definition in itself it just it changes you know like there it just it's almost like a word that doesn't really exist it's like a ghost word you know instability there's always change it's weird but um i do understand what you're saying especially in these times where everything just seems like it's all up in the air you know and at least for you like you said you have you have a home and in this seemingly uncertain environment and life that we're living right now you still have a home to be like, okay, well, I can figure it out. And whenever everything gets back to normal and on a flat concrete surface, then I can hit the ground running, right? So, and in my situation, like I can't, I don't have that. It's kind of like, well, as soon as soon as everything starts to level itself out, I'm actually screwed more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my stability actually lies in the uncertainty right mm -hmm. now because no one can really move and do anything and adjust and push and pull. Um, and so right now I'm just like, yeah, do whatever you want because you can't touch it <laughs> until it's all, you know, back to normal. Then I'm like, Ooh, well, all the, everything underneath me just kind of crumbles. And I'm just like, well, this is, I guess this is where I figure stuff out. You know, it's like you so. figure life out in the free fall mm. and I figure life out when everything is still, <laughs> when, it, when it makes when sense. It, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. How different. How funny. I know. I think that's actually really good to even bring up just 
you mm-hmm. know, we are very similar in a lot of ways, but we're also very different. Yeah. And I think that's cool because there are people listening to this who probably think like, you know, more like me, like, nope, I need the ground to stop shaking so I can think. Well, you're like, I need the ground to shake so I can focus. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's funny I, I had a feeling, obviously, in listening that you were going to use the word need. And in my head, I'm like, it's not need. I do not need the ground to shake for mm-hmm. me to figure it out because it, it's just a familiarity. You know, that I know that I can do it while it's shaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not something that I want for the love of God. I want it to stay still. <laughs> Please, for once in my life, just just keep it still. Um, but so it's not, it's definitely not a need, but I can I can manage under those certain concepts. That's just fine. Yeah. With a lot of help though, not even by myself. There's no way I could do it by myself. If it wasn't for friends like you and friends in Texas and Alaska and like my mom and family, there's just no way in this world that I could figure it out while it's shaking. None. Shout out to the friends and family who keep us from imploding Same. on ourselves. Yeah. I am yes. super grateful for all of you. Yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, you guys are pretty great. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You're probably our only listeners. So. <laughs> uh, don't be rude. Don't be rude to our podcast. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. Well, then spread the word. <laughs> Friends and family. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're like, ooh. I don't know if it's that. Speaking of friends and family, so my my brother, my big brother and my mom are both uh, teachers. And uh, we've been having some very interesting conversations about what teaching from home for some parents and whatnot looks like. My mom in particular, she um, she teaches special needs kids. And I love her students. They are so beautiful. Um, but they're also like a, a handful. And my big brother, he is an elementary school art teacher. Again, beautiful children, but a handful. And so we've been reading some of these memes that people are posting <laughs> online about teaching from home. I think some of my favorites right now are the, there's this one meme that it was like, thank you, um, online. It's like, thank you, online teaching support for all of your amazing ideas about how to educate my kindergartner at home. But I'm going to let Disney Plus take it from here. <laughs> and after my experience with my nephews this week, I, this weekend, I was like, you know, that meme is real. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> sit the babies down in front of, in front of Mo- Moana and just let it be. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Moana. Thanks, Mrs. Moana. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Oh gosh, that was another one. Of course, there there are tons of memes about people now. Like, oh yeah, teachers need to wake, make way more money. Teachers don't get paid enough, you know. Obviously, but this one meme killed me. It was like some of y'all parents realizing now. No, this wasn't a this wasn't a meme. It was a tweet. It's like some some of y'all parents are realizing right now that these teachers ain't lying on y'all kids. They bad. That's funny. That's so great. They're like, oh man, my kid is a baby. Oh my gosh, I thought it was so funny. I was like, yeah. You know, all these teachers are getting tips when they come mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. It's like, y'all better when, when school <laughs> opens up again, because I don't know about there in Virginia, but here in Georgia, school is, um, all the schools are going to be closed until at least August. And then I guess they'll reevaluate what's happening mm-hmm. with the spread of the virus. But in August, every teacher better have a tip, a thank you <laughs> card, a gift basket on their gift desk, basket. something when they get gift cards, gift cards, a car, mm-hmm. a hug, a holiday, pay off their mortgage, pay off their oh student loan. <laughs> Winning lottery tickets. Something. Because they just, <laughs> they, that definitely, they have been the, I think it's so interesting now. And I, I'm super grateful for all of the first responders, you know, the doctors, the nurses, you know, everyone working in the grocery stores. You know, these are all people 
I feel I feel like the, the one one of the greatest things about this this COVID nineteen spread throughout the world is it's highlighting the people who actually keep society going that we have ignored or just forgotten about forever. Like who thanks the nurses? You know, who thanks the grocery store clerks? Who thanks the janitors? Who thanks the teachers? When I hear about some of these some of these things that parents say about teachers, like I have dear friends who are teachers, um, and I've 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 you know just listen to a lot of my friends just cry at the end of a day trying to teach their students how to function in the world only to have these students tell their parents something about them that is not true and then have these parents come at them like with to cut their throats and they're like I'm just trying to educate your child yeah and then be like well you're not a good teacher it's like well how do you know you're not in this classroom with your children so maybe your kid's a bad student (laughs) So um, now they know. Now they know. Yeah. So I just I think if this virus has done anything well, I hate to even say that because it's such a tragic situation for so many people. I know me personally, my family, we know a lot of people have passed away because of this virus. It swept through London, swept through England, where we're from and did a lot of damage. Um, But it's highlighted so many cracks in the system across the world. And it's, it's highlighted to, to a lot of people that we owe people that we walk over and look overlook all the time. We owe our lives and our society functioning to them. So, mm-hmm. yep. Absolutely. Oh, are we over 2020? Realistically? 20 years ago, I wondered what it would be like in 2020. And I remember, I remember specifically thinking that because I think a couple of my friends were, were talking about we're just you know, I wonder what it's going to be like in 2020 because it's one of those good numbers, you know, for years. And uh, like 2000 was one. Um, who knew? Just who knew? I was looking forward to 2020. Be like, oh, this is going to be a really good year. It's an Olympic year, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, the Rona. The Rona apocalypse happened. And uh, I, it's funny to think about. It. It's funny just to go back 20 years and and think just... You thought it was gonna be so much different. You thought it was gonna be cool. You thought it was gonna be this and that and the other, and it sucks. <laughs> Absolutely, just sucks. But yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. I forgot about that. <laughs> I wonder what twenty twenty is gonna be like. Well, you stupid seventeen-year-old. It's gonna look like it's gonna look like life. All right. I don't think I thought that far ahead. To be honest with you, I don't know. Really, I don't... it's just one of those numbers, though. It's like oh, twenty twenty, like vision. I never even conceived of 2020 never even i never i just didn't how do you not think about it's such a good number i don't know i just didn't i think i thought about okay i think i thought about the year like 2042 and the only reason i know that's weird the (laughs) way worse the only reason i thought about 2042 is because i was watching this movie i think it was called heaven can wait with chris rock it's like an older movie and um in the i think i don't even know if it's the right year but in the in that movie he gets hit by a truck and um the angel watching him like takes him a half second early because he's like i didn't want him to suffer so much i decided to take him early (laughs) turns out the angel screwed up and um, took him way too early he actually was supposed to survive the accident (laughs) and live to the year 2042 and so when they're going through his records, they're like, yeah, you're really early. You're not supposed to be here till the year 2042. And he goes, well, dang, could you give a brother a little doubt? You got to go tell me the exact. <laughs> so I always thought about that year because of that movie. But I um, I never thought about 2020. 2042. I don't even know if that's the right year. I could probably, I could totally be quoting that wrong. Sorry, Chris Rock. But um, 
It was probably 2020. No, no, it wasn't. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. Because that that number makes more sense. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, One thing I definitely think is canceled is the ability to just be sick, to just have like a regular cold, (laughs) to just sneeze. You know, I think that is definitely canceled. Anyone who coughs or hiccups in public now is probably going to get chased away with a pitchfork. Probably, yeah, you're probably going to have to ask, you're going to be asked to leave work, go get tested when you get tested and it's, you know, negative, you can come back to work. Which is probably going to force a lot of companies to reevaluate their sick day policies. Because <laughs> think about how many people like go to work sick. I mean, that whole thing is canceled. All that Everybody goes to work sick unless you are dying of maybe a ridiculously high fever. Yeah. But other than that, I think a lot of people go to work sick. Um, I hate when people bring their children in a place where they shouldn't be bringing their children when their children are sick. Yeah. Because children are nasty. They're just touching their nose and touching everything else and <laughs> laughing. And meanwhile, after they just pick their nose and there's just, just mucus everywhere, it's, you somehow find their their three little fingers in your mouth somehow. And you're just like, I don't understand how this got there. You're like two foot four. I, I don't understand how you got there. And you just, it's just there. It's just hanging out. Well, you're not much you taller know? than that seven. Sorry. That's, that's, I was going to skip that, but thank you for putting that on blast. My steam is up, skyrocketed now. Thank you for that. You're welcome, honey. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Well, this has been our fourth episode of Bay Street. Welcome to our neighborhood, and thank you so much for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Bespoke It Media. You can check us out at our website, bespokeitmedia.com, and follow our ongoing and growing content. You can also follow Bespoke It Media and Bay Street Podcast on Instagram at Bespoke It Media and Bay Street Podcast. Join us next time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Join us next time as we continue discussing life and our struggles of adulting with zero apologies. We really do hope you are enjoying these conversations. We hope that they relate to you and we look forward to hearing any and all feedback you have. Um, Until next time, peace out. Peace.